0: you're listening to novel bound a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company each week we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life
1: hi welcome back to novel bound i'm anna i'm Celine. And today, we actually have a special guest for you guys. His name is Justin. He's my brother-in-law. Want to say hi?
2: Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. (laughs)
1: Um, But so today, we're having him on to talk about his seriously amazing poems that he's written. And we're so excited for you guys to listen to them.
0: Yes. I like, first off, like, I want you to preface on, like, why we wanted to, like, bring this incredible person on, like, you know, as (laughs) Liz... Like you, you guys, all of, all like a hundred of you, we care about you and we want you to like enjoy (laughs) this experience. And so Anna like has been like thinking about having Justin on the podcast since we like first started. And honestly, his stuff is like incredible. And we wanted to just like give you a chance to like experience art verbally. So (laughs) why don't you explain why you wanted him on and like, just brag on him for a second. Go. (laughs) Go.
1: Yeah, well, I definitely, so like you said, I had the thought to have him on since we even started talking about doing this because I feel like a lot of people don't get the chance to listen to, like, n- not even just slam poetry, but just like poems in general. And Justin's poems are so good. They're so well written. And, like, he's so good at telling a story and, like, bringing you through this experience. Like, you feel what he's describing in that moment. And I just feel like everyone needs to hear these. Yes. Well,
2: can I say thank you? I'm I'm flattered to both of you. That's uh, it's it's cool to hear. It, so thank you,
0: guys. I just want to tell you how much like Justin is feeling like this this like need that I didn't know that we all had of like he's a man in a scarf and like a hat and he's like written poetry <laughs> and about his feelings. You're not
2: supposed to tell anyone that. <laughs> the, just... the scarf was on a need to know baby.
0: <laughs> he's married. I'm sorry, guys. But like honestly, like just listen, enjoy. But like we really just wanted to talk it. about like what like why poetry is amazing and also like the act of creating something incredible like how to pull emotions out of yourself and put it into words like how hard is that you know and Justin does it so beautifully that we just really wanted to like highlight how the creation process is and in a book it's really it's just there's so much more to unpack but in a poem you know we will actually are going to have him say some amazing of his poems we wanted to kind of give you a taste of it let him let you experience it and then we're gonna dissect it what went behind it I mean what do you think Anna like tell us more
1: <laughs> yeah I mean ditto that was <laughs> chef's kiss perfect description <laughs> but yeah we are gonna have him read some of his poems and we're gonna react to them and you know we're ask, gonna ask
0: him about his writing process and how he comes up with these ideas so, there's some purity but really we kind of like to get really um fun with our guests by making them by subjecting them to embarrassment on the internet so today's (laughs) topic (laughs) is facebook posts so um we're gonna discuss the most awkward horrible things that we posted when we were 13 are we ready go oh yeah i got a good one (laughs) okay go all right
1: i'll start so i have one that i wrote in good old how long ago was this 2009 Yes. Yeah. This was 11 years ago. Oh, when well, the says, eyeliner was thick and the hair of all, was straight. I wish you guys could see the punctuation and how horrible the spelling is in this post because it's <laughs> wow. But I—it's confused. I don't think
2: you put any spaces in
1: it. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't put spaces, capitalization.
0: No, like <laughs> this is like a it's time that. capsule from 2009. Like the pure angst. <laughs> you're probably listening to like My Chemical Romance as you're writing this, like. Texting off of your, like, (laughs) sliding... What is it? The little phone that, like, slid open. You don't talk about... Oh, that, like, slides up. The sidekick. You're, like, sidekick. You're just, like, posting on Facebook on on your sidekick, sidekick. like, okay, what is it? Give it to us.
1: (laughs) Confused. hurt. I can't quite put my finger on it. Or maybe it's betrayal.
0: Tell us how you spelled betrayal, Anna. (laughs) Tell us how you spelled betrayal.
1: So, little (laughs) 13-year-old Anna, who should have known better, spelled it. B-E-T-R-A-Y-E-L.
0: Who was that for? Who is it for? Tell us. Oh, yeah. What's the story?
1: I actually remember in eighth grade. What's up, Chris Connelly? I had this guy <laughs> who I was obsessed with. I was in love with him. I was like, we were going to date. We were going to be each other's first kiss. We were going to be everything. And my, like, best friend Mariah had admitted to me that day she's like i have something to tell you i like chris too <laughs> no like, how could you do this mariah! to me
0: <laughs> mariah get it together <laughs> and so there we go so yeah that was angsty anna you wrote it slammed slammed the computer down when listen mm. taylor swift posted it and i was like now everyone will know yeah the tea what she did to me did anybody comment on it? Like, please tell me. Did she, like... Oh, she, like, let me
1: and... pull up the actual, like, <laughs> post.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, I while you do that... I
1: can't pull the post of
0: You're fine. Okay, Justin, you go. Tell us about your Facebook post um, and who you were. I don't
2: are. have a specific one, but, yeah, one time for... I can't remember <laughs> why, I just started scrolling up on my on my page, and it just kept going and going. And, yeah, kind of the same. I got to this point, like, must have been, like early high school or junior high and it was like pretty frequently it was like the only thing i would post would be like these really angsty song lyrics yeah from like my chemical romance or these (laughs) screamo bands that i would listen to it would be you know just like these my life is so dark things are so hard i'll never make it through and i'm like i'm reading it like okay first of all what was possibly so bad that I thought that described me? And second of all, why would I ever want to put that on the internet? Like, I don't know. I guess I just thought people would think I was cool for knowing these really deep lyrics or something. I don't know. And oh, then, yeah, my uh It would be my just my mom and my grandma would post to me like, it's okay, things will look good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: That was the- like a little heart emoji, like yeah. the really bad animated ones. <laughs> yeah.
0: Galatians 2.16. Yeah. <laughs> <Like. laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. No, I feel like I did the same thing, but, like, I just, I did it worse, guys. I wouldn't just, like, write a status. I would, like, record (laughs) myself singing a song that I wrote and then would post (laughs) the entire song of me singing on the internet. That's amazing. And so, yeah. And what's so funny is, like, I didn't have, like, like, romance until I was, like, in college. And so, like, I would post, like, these (laughs) super obscure, like, lyrics i had written or tailored for like no one it wasn't like i was like talking to anyone no one was texting me and i was just like man yeah. i can't get him off my mind tonight like stuff like that and i'm just like what like <laughs> there's no one
2: there
0: there's no You're one just there pushing, like everyone's gonna think that i have all these life experiences exactly that's exactly why i did it so i'm so sorry to um all of my friends in high school because guys i was just alone <laughs> i lied to you all but not really <laughs> I think I was like hopelessly in love with people, but I just felt like he, or she, no, she. I'm not. I'm never <laughs> Or she? There, whoa, Celine. There an no, there was no she. I'm so sorry! I'm dead.
2: All I'm this, just gonna stop talking. About your angsty high school days. Is bringing that thing. Something no.
0: Anyways, but no. Basically, I would just use Taylor Swift lyrics to make myself sound cool and obscure as well. It's this poet thing. But my thing is like. I would sing a song. I would, like, write verses mm-hmm. and choruses and then perform them for the internet to watch and that are still there because, honestly, I find it hilarious. I wrote a song called I'm So Awkward It's Not Funny. Won't get a date until I'm 20. <laughs> like, that's, like, there's, like, a whole thing. Wow. In and I talked about how, like, um, yeah, just how awkward I was. I literally as 16, I was very I was very self-aware, That <laughs> I was like I have nothing to offer anyone. So, here's a song. <laughs> here's a song about I have how I have nothing for you. <laughs> it's like I got married at I 20, totally, so it all worked but out right like that. <laughs> Great. Okay. So, let's introduce Justin.
1: Yes. Okay. So, how I know Justin is that he is actually my husband's brother. I met him when I married into the family. It's awesome. He's going to school right now, but why don't you talk about like the schooling you have and like what you're doing for school?
0: Yeah, what makes you credible? Yes, give Ooh, us your street creds. Give
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you your your Street creds. <laughs> First of all, I have a tattoo on my sh- on my left arm. <laughs> um, oh no, so right now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm just finishing up a master's in social work, so hoping to get into some counseling, and then, uh, yeah, go on and do some research. I'm really interested in, like, uh, addiction and corrections type stuff, so, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's uh, some of the, a lot of the stuff I write kind of goes back to, and maybe we'll, we'll do one today, but addiction and those kind of things, so. That's so cool. Way to, like, help people. What a heart. Uh, Yeah.
0: What a heart. This is great. <laughs> it's awesome. It's,
2: that's why I, That's why they let me wear a scarf, just because <laughs> I'm so sensitive.
0: His wife is listening to this being like, why are you guys talking about him like that? And it's like, this is my brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like, Celine's the one talking about Justin. Like, oh, my gosh.
0: Tanner, I'm sorry. I literally <laughs> promise. It's just platonic. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I hit on okay. everyone that comes on our podcast. I like hit on you, Anna, so it's fine. <laughs> I know. No one make a joke about you my literally comment on the
1: Leslie Nope to my Anne.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Anna, why don't you explain, like, based off of listening to Justin's like that, what his poetry is like, and like, kind of like what everyone's okay. about to experience. <clears throat> Thanks. Sorry. Right?
1: No, you're fine. So. I guess if I could describe slam poetry, you know, because I'm so well versed in all of the poems that I've heard from Justin, (laughs) Um, basically any type of poetry, and usually it's like kind of in like the spoken word is how it gets like the slam poetry because you have to listen to it,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, and it's like supposed to obviously convey a deeper type, some type of meaning to you. That's what I think about.
2: Yeah, very emotional in the way Mm -hmm. it's spoken. Often it's done, uh, you know, lots of emotion put into not only the the content, but also in the expression of Mm -hmm. how it's spoken. Wow,
0: beautifully put. So So how did you get involved in slam poetry? Like, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, it was kind of an interesting, uh, as I'm thinking back, I know, uh, I remember one time in, like, junior high or high school, we had to read a poem for a class. And I remember that it just kind of affected, you know, like I would read it over and over. It was If by Richard Kipling, and I would just read it over and over. I was like, man, that's so powerful. And I always liked, uh, you know, reading, and, and I did a little bit of writing. But I think that kind of like has been referenced. It, it, I don't think it was ever like a manly enough thing to do. You know, like I was into sports, and like I would never let anyone know I was into that kind of thing. <laughs> but it wasn't until years later that uh, I had, I think I had an idea for for a poem And I just sat down and started writing it, and what I found was that it was just such a, a, um, I guess, strong or powerful creative outlet for me. It was a way that I could, you know, because I think, you know, a lot of times in society guys really aren't supposed to feel emotion, so, or, you know, let themselves or show emotion, and that was a way that at least in my own little private way without anyone seeing I could kind of express that and feel it and like I said, kind of a creative outlet, so there was that, and then just as I, you know, listened uh, to more, listened to rap and poetry and read poetry, it just kind of became more of my thing, I guess.
0: Yes, one of my favorite poets is Tyler Gregson. Have you heard of him? He's,
2: like... I, I may... I don't know, no.
0: Oh, you're fine. He's, like, he does stuff now, like, um, and I just... The way that, like, poetry can just hit you so hard in so few words and, like it's crazy because I feel like I can read a poem for like a minute or two and feel the exact same amount of heartache, loss, excitement, love, and relate so deeply. than I, as the same as like a 400 page book. And I just think there's a lot of power because I think as poet, like poets need to like, they look at every single syllable, every single line, every single word, they overanalyze the meanings. And I just think there's a lot to it that, um, is just so underrated. And so like I just wanted to give you some credit, like, I know, like, how you've been, you labor over these, you really think about the structure, the timing, the, like, especially with slam poetry, you're thinking about, there's, like, a moment of acting and stuff, like, the emotion you want to add into the words and stuff like that, and I think that that's just something that we just wanted to share with our listeners, right, like, Anna, like, that just, yeah, it was really beautiful, things to make you feel deeply, yeah, okay, are we ready to, like, talk about, we want to share the first poem with you. Do you want to talk about yeah. set up the poem?
2: Yeah, so, yeah, I'm excited about this one. This one was kind of funny. I, uh, I'll i just give the whole background. I um, met this girl. Uh, it's a, it's a love poem. <laughs> and uh, I remember, I don't know that she really knew who I was or knew anything about me, but I, I liked her a lot, and I remember she taught... Uh, like a a Sunday school class in our church. And uh, I remember I had this experience where I was talking to one of my friends in the class before it started. I think we were talking about something real deep, like Super Smash Bros. or something. (laughs) And she walked in, and she went to the front, and she started setting up. And uh, it was weird how, like, from the moment she came in the room, like, suddenly I was, like, vaguely aware that my friend was still talking, and then she was (laughs) up there. So I just kind of had this idea of how... uh, like for whatever reason when she was around like everyone else just kind of faded into the background you know Mm -hmm. and uh so the funny thing is i wrote this poem about it about her uh still without you know we hadn't really even talked that much maybe here and there and uh but then one thing led to another we started dating I read her the poem, and I won't say that that's the reason why she married me. But uh, eventually, she became my wife. So. Now you're married. Yeah. She's also super
0: yeah. hot, so I understand. <laughs> Just yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah, I agree
2: with
0: that. <laughs> but that's super cool. Okay. Okay. What a way to build this tension. Are you ready? Yes. I'm actually list- I'm listening to these blinds, because I wanted to like have like an authentic reaction. So I'm super excited to hear from you. Ready? Okay.
2: Go. Okay, go for it. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Okay, this is called Baby Blue. When I look into those baby blues, baby, I see only you. And it's kind of like what you see in the sky when the sun climbs into a starry night and all the other stars take flight because none of them can shine as bright. Well, to me, that's what you do every time you walk into the room with your soul like the sun and your smile bright like wildflowers in bloom. Night turns to day and soon hazy faces fade away into amazing shades of baby blue because there simply isn't room in the sky for the stars and the sh- sun to shine side by side, just like there isn't room in these eyes of mine for anyone but you, and that's why I hope that my skies will forever match your big, bright eyes. Endlessly new, brilliant hues of beautiful baby blue. And that's it.
0: I'm, like, clapping So, you. like, tender. I was <laughs> so tender. What? How did she react when she heard that?
2: Um, initially, I think she ran off. No, just kidding. She... Uh, <laughs> she she got a little emotional and we hugged and kissed and yeah so
1: (laughs) it all worked out yeah Yeah, i I, like can't imagine having a poem
0: being written about (laughs) me oh
2: my god i wonder if it was a little weird because like we hadn't been dating that long so she's like yeah but i think she liked it was that the first time that you've shared your
0: poetry with her or like with anybody because i know you said that you kept them a lot to yourself like was it like really important when you shared it with her
2: it was, yeah, I and I was terrified, like I, I uh, somehow it came out that I had written a poem for her, and she was like, well, you have to tell it to me now, and I'm like, no, you know, so it was like really hard for me to come out with it, but yeah, it was definitely, I think uh, it was like a, a feeling of kind of opening, you know, being a little vulnerable, opening myself up, and you know, so, but good, good response.
0: I love that. One time I wrote a love song about a guy, and then he's gay. Like, I didn't know at the time he was gay. <laughs> 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 so that one didn't work out.
2: <laughs> do you think it had anything to do with the love song? <laughs>
0: yeah, I just... He yeah. heard it, and he's like, you know what, actually, I think I I think I need to switch gears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play for the other team now. Um, we can be friends, though. Cool. <laughs> just like... <laughs> great song, though. <laughs> yeah, great song. Don't know how this would relate to me. <laughs> So, how
2: do your ideas, like, come to you? Yeah, I think, uh, here's what I honestly think is pretty much, through most days I'll come up with ideas. Like, it's pretty frequent that I'm like, oh, you could write a cool poem about that. Like, it's all the time. And usually I'll start thinking about them and trying to put them together in my head. And so, really, like, the way the ideas come is just everyday life and everything. And then I think there's certain ones that as I start to think about them, start to put them together, they'll have like a little more emotional weight. Either I'll get excited or I'll laugh or, you know, I'll feel sad or angry or whatever it is. And when I feel that, then I know, not know, but like, that's when I decide to start pursuing and trying to turn it into something more concrete. So yeah, I think the ideas are just kind of constantly flowing for me, at least that's kind of So you
0: use like, you have ideas and then you use the emotion or as like a power to like push that forward a little bit. Is that...
2: Totally, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that, yeah, because it's funny I was when I was like trying to figure out some poems that would be cool to, to present here. I was looking through like my you know, I have them all written. Um, and I honestly have probably like 15 drafts that I started and then I would get like five lines in and, and then I guess lose interest. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, that emotion, it gives you the kind of the motivation and the power to keep working on it. Whereas there's plenty that, you know, I start and I put some ideas together, but then there's just not enough, mo- you know, not enough emotion to motivate me to keep working on it.
0: I love that. Yeah, I
1: totally see that. So how, I guess every poem's different because you have some that are, like the next one you're going to read for is like about six minutes long and some are just one. So how long would you say it takes you to like finish a poem, like when you're satisfied with it?
2: Yeah, it definitely depends on the length of the poem. Um, if it's a longer, you know, I like to try to tell stories in them. Um, so if it's a longer one, it can be a while because it, it's a, it's kind of, for me, kind of a long process. So sometimes some of the longer ones would take, uh, you know, three to four months. And it's not like I'm working on them eight hours a day, but in mm-hmm. the time I have to work on them, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a handful of months before I get them uh, to where I feel like I would ever <laughs> let anyone hear them. And then the shorter <laughs> ones sometimes come quickly because uh, you can kind of get the get the words down and get their emotion out and just, you know, maybe it takes a a few sittings, a few hours or so.
0: I love that. I actually, like, I'm dying to hear you do another one. Like, already I'm like, can you you go? Like, I'm like, we have all these questions for you, and I'm like, but can we listen to another one and ask questions? (laughs) We really should. Honestly, like, the Baby Blues was, like, such a sweet little taste, and I'm like, but give us the real deal. Like, let us hear it. Break (laughs) our hearts. (laughs) Break our hearts, Justin. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to
1: do My Biggest Mistake yeah. next? Yeah, I can do that I one. think that one would be really fun for everyone to listen to. Okay,
0: I think that would be
2: cool. Do, one.
0: do we want to just leave them like, with experiencing it like as it unfolds, or do you want to preface it?
1: Ooh. This one I feel like is an experience that you just have to have it unfold
0: for yeah. you. So stop cleaning. <laughs> stop, you know... Get rid of all distractions. Yes. Settle in. This is, our, this is a treat for Focus. you. So just sit down. Yes. Enjoy. Go
2: ahead. Okay, so this is called My Biggest Mistake. <clears throat> Dear son, you're less than one day old and much too young to understand, but as I hold your tiny body in my undeserving hands, I feel I should be real with you and tell you man to man that your mom and daddy's parenthood it wasn't exactly planned. See, your mom and me we never intended to rescind on the promise we made way back when to wait until after the wedding ends but some day you'll find that sometimes in life sometimes women and men start off being friends but then they start to get more intimate and after they begin it then they feel that intense tendency starting to pull them in and when passions run hot and inhibitions run thin you don't need all the details kid but sometimes they give in and i guess that in the end that's exactly what we did but in the but then Can you blame us? We were just kids back then when we started all of this, and you can't imagine how I wish that I could redo all of it, because I felt like a hypocrite. I had known the rules from when I was a kid, and I think I just never considered that things could wind up like this. And And to think that all I had to do was say, hold on, baby, maybe we should wait. Let's go outside and take a break, and maybe I should go away. We can see each other another day, but I guess that I just lacked the strength. So now I'm sitting cringing at the mistake I let us make. That night I thought it was the biggest mistake I had ever made. But then when I got that phone call, I felt myself get dizzy and kept saying that the doctor isn't sure about it, Izzy. And your uncle said I was covered in sweat and I started to look sickly, like I needed to take a sick leave from this twist of fate that had twisted me, hoping to wake up and find it all to be a dream. And I felt this hellish pain pounding somewhere in my brain, vaguely hearing your grandma say how my color was starting to drain because... Suddenly I felt like I was riding on a train that was speeding towards a cliff and going without slowing down and now I'm hearing people shout that the tracks are running out and I have no doubt that we're about to crash, get smashed and our lives into pieces dashed. And to add to the tragic aftermath, we've we've added a passenger into this path of least resistance that's sure to end in a collision. And it sucks because all it would have taken was for me to put the brakes on but instead I chose to play a dangerous game with all our fates and Murphy's Law clearly states that when you play that kind of game Sooner or later you're bound to make a terrible mistake, and now there's a kid on the way. It was the biggest mistake I have ever made. And no matter how I prayed for your coming to be delayed, the weeks and months relentlessly came and they refused to be belated, and I dreaded and I waited as the greens of summer faded into autumn's burning shades. It was under the burning blaze of autumn's burning haze when my cell phone rang and your mom was saying today would be the day. When I heard her say that the time had come, I felt like mine had run out, so full of this sickening doubt. You had to have been in my head to understand what I'm talking about, and though it's only been a handful of hours, it seems like a year ago now, when I left your grandma's house and climbed into her car and she let me back out at the hospital roundabout. Then when I got to her room, I was terrified to hear her crying out in pain. She was really screaming a lot. See, her mama wasn't doing so hot, so they had to cut her tummy, and when I saw how the knife was bloody, I just went numb, just like a mummy. In his gloomy tomb, so I left the room at about the same time that you left the womb, and soon... It was time to cut the cord, but I was hiding just outside the door, sitting alone on the white tile floor and ignoring the sweat that was starting to pour out of all of my poor little pores. And when I heard you cry for the very first time, I knew it was all a mistake. I knew right then and there I didn't have what it would take. If I thought I could be a father, clearly it was wishful thinking, or I was ignorantly dreamin'. Because every sailor's not fit to be a dad, it takes a whole lot more than seamen, because... Dads have got to beam in, be the leader of the team, and even give up their own dreams if it means giving the kid what he needs. And I doubt that right now I can be a man for you like my dad was for me. I mean, look, I'm only 17, and your mommy is still a year younger than me. And that day when I heard you screaming, uh, your little heart out, I felt mine inside me break. Because I know I don't have what it takes. How could I have made this mistake, son? I'm ashamed to say, but when you were born today, I was sure you were the biggest mistake I had ever made. But somehow everything changed on this September the 28th, when you quietly came into this world and blew my world away. I remember feeling that with every breath you took, I just loved you more, kid. You really rocked me to my core, kid. Put my ceiling on my floor and the floor up on the ceiling. If I were to live a hundred years more, I'm sure I would never forget the feeling I felt the first time my shaking arms held you and my tearful eyes beheld you. Right then, I knew that you were a part of me, like you were my right arm to me, and you were the master of all of me, every piece of my beating heart the atria, the ventricles, the valves, and the burkinjes and everything I had in me, everything that kept me living, every bit of it I would gladly give to you, son, with every fiber of my being. And it's crazy how you made me see how God is so good in the way that he can turn things around and make beauty out of the sins of wicked men like me. But just as clearly I can see, and your mommy doesn't disagree, that though we give you everything that we possess, we know that we cannot give you what you need. We're just a couple of teens, and I don't mean to be mean when I say that we just don't have the means. So today we made a decision because we know that to love you, we've got to let you go. And so tomorrow you'll go home with your new mommy and daddy. And I hope you won't be mad at me because I swear this hurts so badly, but this couple will just be glad as can be to add you to their family. And it's clear for mommy and me to see that they are your best chance to succeed because frankly, they're ready for kids, and we aren't ready to raise a family and so now I'm sitting with you in the twilight, grasping at these last hours of my night with you, and writing beside your nightlight, just trying to put down some lines, some lines to remind us of this time. Now I'd be lying if I told you that I'm not dreading the sunbeam shine, because when the sun comes, your new family will too, and we'll have to say goodbye. But as hard as this is, I know that it's a choice we won't regret. So do me a favor and take this poem to your no, new home and promise not to forget. About your old man, whose biggest mistake—the biggest mistake he ever made—I can see now that my biggest mistake was thinking you were it. I love you, son, and may God be with you till we meet again.
0: Goosebumps! I literally have— goosebumps. I know. i, I was just say, I have, like full-body chill. Like my <laughs> entire body is like whoo! Like is wow.
2: <laughs> well, thank you.
1: <sighs> so that actually experienced didn't actually happen yeah, to you <laughs> yeah it didn't happen to me but the way that the poem goes it feels so real i like the anxiety attack you were describing when he like you, he first finds out feels so real because i mean you've probably had to go through an anxiety attack yourself mm-hmm, to be yeah. able to get those emotions down and i think most people have i just it's so good i feel like what this poem is like you've taken these very real feelings and like slid them into an experience that you haven't had, but that a lot of people have, that if they listen to this would probably be like, that's exactly how I was feeling. Hmm.
2: Speak. Yeah. Thank you. Tell yeah. us everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I think Explain that's yourself. totally right. I think, I think uh, there's probably two, ha- two parts of it. One I think is saying, okay, when have I had something, so, you know, when have mm-hmm. I cringed so badly because I did something stupid? And now it's going to have bigger consequences and, I'm, and somehow I have to deal with it. I wish it would just go away, but it's not going to go away. And then I think uh, for me, or, you know, another part of it is just like you said, like actually imagining, you know, this young kid, just like I said, just, mm-hmm. you know, so terrified, so scared. And yeah, I think as I, as I kind of just thought about that and as I was writing it, um, you know, being able to try at least to tap into what that must be like, and then like actually feel what they might be feeling, you know. So,
1: well, I yeah. Don't know about that. No, you'd probably have to be like a good empath, which I feel like you are. So, yeah, An empath.
2: yeah it's. Fun. I was thinking uh, that like when I was writing the end of this, I remember I was lying. I was in a college dorm, so I had a roommate, and we had a bunk bed, and I was on the bottom, and he was on the top. As I was saying like the last part and kind of imagining a kid. A young kid who loves his baby, but also choosing to give it up. Like I started like like crying a little bit. I had tears running, <laughs> and but my roommate tried to bug me, so I'm like doing it silently to myself. Like, <laughs> maybe I should stop thinking of this poem because it's making me sad, and that's gonna be weird. I can't. You know. So anyway, but yeah, I think like kind of allowing myself to feel what I imagine they're feeling is mm-hmm. is a big part of it. Oh,
0: can you like write us a mini ending of like? When he, the dad and the son get to see each other again, like, please tell me, like, you're the creator of this story. Can you, like, give us, like, an epilogue for, like, right now? I just need resolution. <laughs> what uh, happens, Justin?
2: If you want to know, they don't ever meet up again. So. Oh!
0: <laughs> no! He's like, why?
2: Maybe, or maybe they do. Yeah. Too to determined. Oh,
0: gosh. TBD. Oh, uh.
2: That's
1: beautiful though. So, oh. I have a question. I mean, I know we kind of already did go over this, but what first put this idea into your head, or is it just it just kind of came to you one day?
2: Yeah, I imagine it was different things. You know, like we've all probably heard that story of mm-hmm. high school kids. You know, and I think there was one time it was it was someone I you know I knew I wasn't close to him, but he was he was like a neighbor of ours. So I think that you know probably that's what put, planted the seed yeah, first is that's... just thinking like oh my gosh you know mm. that's that's got to be hard for someone so young um, yeah and then I think there were certain and there were certain lines of the poem that kind of kept coming to me and I so I kind of had an idea of these mm-hmm. few little segments that I thought you know could explain that well and then I kind of built the poem around it. That's that. so
0: cool. Oh. I want you to write a story from the girls' version, like, really bad. I'm like, oh Please. (laughs) He
1: he has one poem that I don't think we have time to go over today that um, our aunt uh, adopted her kids, and she just sent, like, some jumbled thoughts that she had to Justin to be like, do you think you could put this into, like, a real thing? And he performed it with his wife, Kayla, Mm -hmm. when we were camping on our annual camping trip, and... I, like everyone was crying by the end of it, basically, mm-hmm. about how like they adopted these kids, but they're still like their own kids. So we should send it to you because that you can maybe oh, make yeah. that like the other side
2: of that. Yeah, I love oh, that. Uh, my my wife was smart enough. Like it was like at this kind of family get together, so my wife was smart enough to make sure to mention that it wasn't a, <laughs> a pregnancy announcement because it's it's kind yeah. of like all about having <laughs> yeah. kids and stuff, and so. I, like, I hadn't even thought of it, but she's, like, people are going to think we're announcing that we're pregnant. Oh,
1: as soon as you guys were, like, we have, like, something we want to share with you guys in a little bit, and I was, like, they're pregnant. (laughs) Oh, my
0: gosh, yes. I just know it. So, then she said that, and we were, like, okay, at least we can focus on what you're saying now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, like, even as, like, I was 22 when I got pregnant with Adelaide, and Tanner and I had been married maybe a year and a half, and I, like, it's funny, because, like, I even related to those feelings of, like, not feeling worthy to be a mother and, like, being terrified, Um, like, the fear, I just remember, like, you brought up a lot of, of moments in my life that I have had where, you know, I, like, you know, experienced that inadequacy and that fear of letting someone down, and it's, like, it's their baby, it's their child, you know. And I love the way that you use mm-hmm. specific words like your uncle, your grandmother. So it shows that like the child is still welcome. They're still like, this is your grandmother, this is your dad, this is your mom, you know. But I do really love the way I'm just analyzing your poetry. I'm so sorry. This is just me being like that this is great, my huh? but yeah. I really loved the way that you um you did bring in their ages about how young they were and stuff like that. Because I think in the beginning you didn't say that. Like you talked about you first start off with those feelings that we all feel of like wanting to give in, not like, you know, and so everyone's like, yeah, no, I understand. And then like bringing to scope the reality of the situation that like he's 17 and she's 16, that like literally there is no way that they could give a life to that child. And it helped me as the reader because I was like, what? Like, don't you love this kid? And I was like, no, like they like the maturity and growth of this like 17 year old kid to know that like he, you know, he knows that there's a better life for that kid and that he loves his son enough to do that. And that was just like beautiful and i love the way that you like used um my favorite one of my favorite lines was when you talked about like how summer faded into autumn and like that was like such a beautiful line and the way that you bring in um like experiences that a 17-year-old kid would have where like his, your grandmother like i got into her car and she drove me to the hospital because he's just a kid you know it's like mm-hmm. literally he doesn't even have a car or a place that he lives at you know it's like these are yeah. just kids and yeah the details that you pulled from it like experiences in this fictional boy's hand like mind is just very powerful and how did you do that how did you kind of like you brought in these details and so like, like how did you kind of frame that story for yourself
2: yeah i think uh, that's a, that's a really good question i think um a big part of it is like i said really trying to put yourself into you know like, it's written in first person, so you try to put yourself, like, I'm this person, whatever, yeah. you know, and, and kind of build around mm-hmm. that. I think also what you said, though, that's that's kind of a fun thing for me to work at and to try is, just like you said, you know, like if, well, I'll say this, like, I really enjoy poets who can write very powerful poems in just a few lines. Yeah. Because I think, like you said, you have to pay so much attention to every, every word needs to mean something. You yes. You can't have, you know, much filler. And I think it was that. It's just that kind of like you said with, like, the, the summer fading into autumn. I think in my head it was like somehow we've got to show nine months Yeah, change yeah. Without ha- saying nine months. Exactly. It was very yeah. beautifully
0: so I- done. I love the transition. Oh,
1: Justin, and you're like this too, Celine. I'm not like this. I wish I was. Is so. You both are so good with your words. Like, you can write things out, and yeah. it sounds like almost magical like you're really good at putting your thoughts into a cohesive thing yeah <laughs> that makes sense. yeah it
2: does thank you yeah so anyway i think that's a big part is just is, uh, finding those details is you kind of have to build a lot of story with just a few words so it's so yeah you kind of find ways to like how do we make him look like a kid and you mm-hmm. yeah like, put a few lines in for that and that kind of thing so yeah
0: It's really cool. It's kind of like you, did you do an outline or like an initial sketch um, and then like add it into the story and colored in different, I'm using like artist things, but like colored in different shading to like build out that story? Or did you write like you just let it all pour out of you and then the story came and then you came back? Like how did, what was like the organization with which you built the story?
2: Yeah, that's that's another good question. I think uh, what how how it usually works for me is there's an outline. Even I'll all okay. the bullets and then I'll know like I need a section about Yeah. you know, when they first get pregnant. You're a, plotter. You know, a section about him finding out. Yeah, so yeah, I love the <laughs> bullet points and then I'll do sub bullet points and uh-huh. then from there you can once you have like okay. a pretty good skeleton, there's a point where you can start adding the details in that kind of kind of give it more color and shades like you said.
0: There was, like, a lot of options, like, I saw where you could have brought in, like, different elements. What made you want to choose the narrative of, um, like, you know, like, you could have told it in a a thousand different ways. But the story of him writing the story, you know, writing this letter to his son. As basically. As the narrative, like, uh, device. Does that make sense? How did, what, like, did you always have that in mind? Or did you write it differently? Like, what kind of, how did you get there? (laughs)
2: No, yeah, I think this is another cool thing that I've liked, especially as as I try to write kind of the longer ones that kind of tell the stories, Uh is often you start with the skeleton and then themes will kind of emerge on their own and you'll say, oh, I can reuse this multiple times or, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like different uh, narrative devices or whatever that, you know. Yeah. So I think with this one specifically, I think I wrote the story and I wrote it in first person but I think it was once I was trying to close it up I was like how do you close this mm-hmm. yeah. and it's it's a guy who's been talking to his son the whole time and now he's getting up for adoption. So yeah. I said, "Oh, you know, how cool would that be if this is something he's giving to his son?" It's like yeah. oh, this is this is how it came about so you know as you go forward type of thing. So yeah, I think I added that last that last little section about this is kind of I'm writing a letter to you mm-hmm. and then it only made sense to at to start it with dear son, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: I love that, was so that. Cool. I think it was super you good have,
1: wait go ahead oh you know I was like you have another longer poem The Librarian I think you should that do that. that has it. a lot of like I think what Celine likes about how you connect these different thoughts to each other and mm-hmm. so I want to make sure that we have enough time to do Librarian because Let's do first it. of all it's titled The Librarian and we're a book <laughs>
0: podcast yes okay <laughs> close us out with this and then we'll talk a little about it and then we'll end so just go ahead and give us everything Justin
2: alright the grand finale <clears throat>
0: woohoo we're excited
1: <laughs> Um, I think we're also going to try to have listed on our blog post all of the rest of your poems we didn't get to because I feel like we want you guys to listen to them. They're really good. So
0: They're incredible. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. This is uh, This is the librarian. <clears throat> I'm a big reader. I like to read a lot. And when I find a girl who likes to read, I tend to find that hot. And when I find a girl who doesn't read, I tend to find it not to be that big of a deal to me. But since I like to read, you see, I spend lots of my time in the library. They've got thousands and thousands of pages for free, and what's even better is that just the other week they hired a new librarian, and she is lovely to me like a flower is to a bee. I remember the first time I saw her. Picture this, her face is thin and kind and wise with a pair of glasses around her pretty eyes, the ones with the thick, bright frames, hipster style, that match the shade of her quiet smile. Red, like the color of spring's first rose, and between her eyes and just below, she's got this cute little button nose, like frosties, but probably not quite as cold. Her cheekbones are strong, her blue eyes are bold, and the hair on her head is curly and gold, like the first morning rays that burst forth from the sun and shadow the night when the darkness is done. And just like how the blue sky follows those rays, I notice her blue eyes follow my gaze as I explore every line, every curve on her face, and suddenly I feel my heart pace start to race. Because I couldn't help but see that as she turned and looked at me, her eyes lit up and she smiled. Well, I smiled back, trying hard to relax, but the moment is now. I can't let it pass. I need to move quick. I need to act fast and master the fear building up in my chest. So I stand to my feet and I do my best to coolly and calmly start taking steps towards the yellow-haired librarian. And it's scary in that she makes me feel all nervous and wary in that way that only a girl can do when she stops what she's doing to smile at you. I made my way towards her, slowly at first, adrenaline burst, disturbing the nerves, hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. No, I haven't rehearsed, got no plan what to say. And I think that at some point I started to pray, but still I kept on my merry old way, one anxious step at a time. And there is no rhyme or reason to what happened next, because as I approached her, she put down her text and asked, Can I help you? And I said, Yes, I think you can see, I'm looking for a story one that won't be long or boring or that's full of blood and gore, and I don't want war and I don't want lore and I've never been a big fan of horror. No, I'm looking for a book with a little something more. I want a love story that's like nothing that I've ever read before. And she looked at me with those eyes so big and blue and said, that's interesting because honestly I have too, but honestly I've searched this whole library through and I can't seem to find a book quite like the one that you described, but I guess that's life, what can you do? Then with a courage, the likes of which I have never known, I said, Well, I've got some paper and pencils back in my home, and if you'd like, then maybe we could try to write one of our own. And maybe in the opening scene, we could feature me and you together at dinner this Friday night, eating some yummy food. And I could be a perfect gentleman. If you want, I'll even pay, but it would really make my day. So I don't know. What do you say? And she said, Okay, why not? We'll call it a date. And I said, That's awesome. Can I pick you up at eight? And she said, that works, but you better not be late. And I said, of course not. You know I can't wait. And she said, great. And then I said, great. I pulled into her driveway at 7.53, nervous and excited as can be. And then we drove to a shop just on the other street. But she said she wasn't hungry and didn't want anything to eat. So instead, I bought hot chocolate and uh, and a plate of shiny sweets and then sat down with her there, nervous to hear what she would speak. But to my dismay, I could tell right away that she wasn't really impressed, or maybe it'd be safe to say that she was only slightly amused at best. Somehow, between her porch and our seats, I had managed to fail her test, and to make matters worse, I guess I should confess that I couldn't seem to stop myself from staring at her breath-taking smile. Anyway, she I forgot it.
1: Uh, <laughs> hold on. Our reaction kind of messed you up, I think. Anyway,
2: I could... I, okay, I'll keep going. Anyway, I could tell right in the first handful of minutes that to her the date was over, though we had yet to begin it. But it seemed to me quite obvious that her heart just wasn't in it. And if her heart's not there, then there's just no way for me to win it. And so I thought it might be noble for me to take the date and end it. So in my mind, I started thinking of a good excuse to use, like maybe a text I just got from my mom with some crazy shocking news that would serve as a valid excuse for me to cut her loose. But as I picked up a pastry and just before I started to chew, she said, So, tell me about yourself. What kind of things do you like to do? And I said, Well, I'm a big reader. I'm pretty voracious, in fact. I read everything I can from the front cover to the back. And she said, Ooh, that's pretty cool. I'm a pretty big reader, too. I'm kind of a nerd, she said. I said I didn't believe a word she said. And she said, Well, you should, because it's true. So I, right there, I decided to put it to the test. And I made sure to look up into her eyes and not down at her checkered vest. And I asked her which of all the authors is the one she likes the best. She said, I'm a big fan of Kipling. Have you ever sat down to read him? And I said, well, let's put it this way. If you were a traveling Chinese monk, then I would be your Kim. And if you were Mowgli, then I'm sure that I'd be one of your furry friends. But the thing about Kipling is that it always depends on that little word, if. And she thought that was pretty clever. And... Somehow, without any logical explanation, we slipped into a happy, casual conversation, smooth like our hot chocolate and free from reservations all about books. We talked about everything from Charles Dickens to my man, Ender Wiggins, and the Shirelink Samwise and Frodo Biggins, and that animal farm where in the beginning you think that you're seeing how pigs become men, but really you learn how some men become pigs wrapped in blankets of hate in the end because they're turning their backs and they're selling their friends to make glue and you should have seen how she laughed when i told her i cried when a red fern grew or the two dogs died and again when Ungus, with all of his pride couldn't save Coran so together they lie him and her side by side in the dirt they're silently sleeping the half-blooded girl and the last of the mohicans and she said well that's not nearly as bad as angels and demons so i asked her to explain her reason she said well you've got one guy that's hanging above a flame screaming another with punctured lungs linking his leaking his breathing. You've got one that was tied to some weights in the deep, ends and deep end and still another buried alive in the sea. Bitch, man. What kind of a freak could do that to people? And I said, yeah, these stories are pretty crazy, aren't they? And you know, I wish that we, she and me, could have talked like that for the rest of the week. But after just a few hours, the conversation started to slow. The orange sun was long asleep and our hot chocolate was getting low, and I could tell the kid at the cashier desk was getting ready to close. So I smiled and sighed and said to her, I guess it's time to go. Then I threw away our cups and I helped her with her coat and we loaded into my car and I drove her back to to her home. On her doorstep I could feel that my palms were sweaty, my knees were weak and my arms were heavy, hoping she hasn't seen this red spot on my sweater already. Mom, spaghetti. I'm nervous, but on the surface I'm looking calm and ready. So I looked her in the eye, and without even blinking, I said, Babe, you know, all this talk about books has really got me thinking that if you were a library book, I have no doubt that I'd stand in line for weeks for the chance to check you out. And once I had you, I would turn your pages every day till I truly, deeply knew you. And it wouldn't even matter how many times I had gotten through you. And when your due date came up, you know that every time I would renew you. And I'd treat you like a lady every day till you let me do you the honor of making you my girlfriend anyway I went on to say will he let me see you again and she said yeah that'd be okay but definitely just as friends see I think you're a really nice guy and that's great for a girl who's into that type but honestly this it just doesn't feel right so I don't think there's much hope for you and I beyond tonight and I said, what? I don't understand. What well, could I have done more? We had such a great connection. I've never felt like this before. And she said, yeah, I mean, we had a common interest, that's for sure. But frankly, you're like Mr. Darcy, and I want Jason Bourne. And so now that I give it a little more thought, I think that it's probably best for you not to call me, but thanks for the hot chocolate. And she silently slipped to the door and left me there on her porch like a poor lost puppy sat in alone. In defeat, I walked back to my car and drove home. And now you're all probably thinking that that was a miserable poem, but hold on, don't you fret, because just as always the show must go on and the story's not over yet. But how will I go on, you'll ask? How did I get through? Well, hang on, I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to put these stupid books down and pick up something new, like maybe a gym membership and some tighter (laughs) t-shirts. Because if you got girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I've turned 99 pages, but not one girl on. I said, if you got girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. Because girls want the guys with the biceps, not the ones with the puns. And if you got girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. But that's all I have to say about that. So you can go ahead and cue the next act. Because honestly, I'm done.
0: What? That's awesome.
2: <laughs> I had a smile
1: on my face that whole time. Yes. That's one of my very favorite ones. Oh, I and like, love in it. in your face... Because you do write
0: poems and you married the hottest girl out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good. So, what made you want to have that ending? Like, tell me about how you got there. Does that make sense? Like, how did you, did you always have the intention that, like, she wasn't going to be into him? Or, like, how did you get there? Tell me your process.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that was the idea for the story. I think I wrote it, you know, I wrote it during kind of my early college years where you tried dating and... It doesn't work out a lot of times, and, like, you put yourself out there, you know, to hit on these girls, and they turn you down over and over, and so I think it was just kind of that, just kind of a a funny way to talk about that, and then, yeah, with, like, the very ending, kind of, like, this idea that, like, especially in those days, you're looking around and you're seeing, like, okay, who are the guys that get all the girls, and it's always these gym rats, you know, (laughs) what, you know, whatever, I don't know, but just so it's kind of, like, okay, uh i guess me kind of being bugged by that you know <laughs> the the sensitive guy
0: <laughs> i love it that's amazing sweet okay well thank you so much for coming like this has been such know, a treat thank
1: you, and like sharing your poems with us yeah i'm so glad that you guys all get to listen to it too yeah,
2: yeah thank seriously thanks for having me and i'm flattered it's uh i don't uh you know, I don't, I don't share my poems that often. So this, this was awesome for me to have a chance to do it. So thank you. And
0: now they're out there for the whole
1: world to <laughs> yeah. hear. Yes. All 100 of you. <laughs> we love you.
0: <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> okay, so basically, if you guys want to just show Justin some love, where can they find you if, they, if you want to be found? <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to link all of his social media and all of his poems that he has
0: mm-hmm.
1: on our blog post. So yeah. definitely go there first to find them. Yeah, And in that blog too. post, we'll have, you know, his social media or whatever he wants linked there.
0: Yeah. Yep, perfect. Sweet. <laughs> okay, and then what are we doing next episode? Are we... I, I think we like... should
1: do the... Um, Books that if we could reread them for the first time
0: again, yes, we would. That were like so jealous. I love that idea. Yeah, I think Maria like I freaking love that idea. So yeah, so we're gonna do next week books we wish we could reread again, and then at some point I think we're gonna have an author coming up. So we've got that. Yes, kind of wind we up. don't
1: want to give any spoilers away so far, but yeah. I think you guys will be really excited to hear about her and.
0: Yes. And if you guys could leave us a review or, like, join our Facebook group. We, I think every day we're talking, we're in that group talking about books, talking about those things, and now, Justin, you have to be a part of our Facebook group so we can all just, like, (laughs) (laughs) fawn over, like, the poetry and stuff like that, but you've got a community (laughs) now. Um, This is something that we definitely want to do in the future, too, like bring on people who talk about, like, who are in the, the writing mm-hmm. process and stuff like that. That's something good. So if you are a listener and you want to, like, have something shared in this format where, like, we can talk about stuff and you can share things, we're so open to that. So just reach out to us and let us know.
1: Yes, we're super excited and thanks for listening and we will see you guys next week. Okay, bye!